Hello, and welcome to the eighth one-on-one podcast, coming to you live from, well, exactly where we are, with a full moon, I might add. My name is Zorro Daddy, and today I welcome ABDLer, kinkster, mommy, alarm clock, chef, counselor, keeper of the peace, creator of the passion, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life, and I have met a plethora of nice people, friend, and oh so much more, Mommy Curry. Hello, Mommy Curry. Hello. Wow. What a <laughs> what a stunning introduction there. Well, that's only what I could think of, just like off the top of my head. You might have okay. gotten me a little misty there. Well, hey, that's what I try to do. I, I go for the emotions. That's really what it's about. Break us down emotionally first and then hit us with all the hard questions. Absolutely. I, I love it. I lull you into a sense of security and then bam, we go for it. I always knew you were a little sadistic. Well, okay. On the side, perhaps. <laughs> And in this, the eighth episode of the one-on-one podcast, what shall we call this? Episode eight, first contact for all you Trekkies, or the last Jedi for all you Star Wars fanatics. Curry and I are going to dig deeper into each other's souls. We're going to do all we can to answer the greatest riddles in the diaper kingdom and beyond. Now, dun-dun-dun. In a one-on-one podcast, we go through a checklist of topics that cover different subjects. We offer up some thoughts about each item, and hey, if more conversation is fostered, that's great. But if there's none, then we just move right on to the next checklist topic. Not everything has to be an epic discussion. It's the beauty of it. There are things that we find passionately and things that we really don't care about. That's what makes us all human, and that's why we are not all stormtroopers. Now, regardless of our statements, we're going to give our points of view about a topic without attacking each other. Darn Uh, it. I know. Even if we don't see eye to eye on things, because there's a very serious reason as to why I don't want to do that on these podcasts. I think too often the way people view others who don't see things the same as them is to view those people in the worst possible light. And in my opinion, you'll hear that many times, in my opinion... I really don't think that's the way to go. Just as you are entitled to your opinion, I'm entitled to mine. Curry is entitled to hers. Everyone is entitled to how they feel. It doesn't necessarily mean that we have to see eye to eye. So today, we're going to discuss different options without starting World War III. At least, we're going to try not to. I'm a fighter, not a lover, so this might be hard. This could be. This could be difficult. Okay. So there are two big points to bring up before we get right into it. Big point number one. Brrr, that'd be a drum roll. What you're going to hear in this podcast are our opinions. Opinions, okay? They're, you're not going to hear anything other than opinions. And number two, brrr, We are not going to present our opinions as facts. Sometimes people present their opinions so passionately that, well, even if they don't mean to, they come off as sounding like they believe their opinions to be the truth. And nothing could actually be further from the truth. An opinion is an opinion. And these people may not have intended for that to be the case, but that is how they sound. And uh, that's what a lot of people think. We're not going to be doing that here. I guarantee you of that. Are you ready for this, Curry? I guess so, though. Now I'm really scared. Uh, You should be. You should be. So here is episode eight, 
with Mommy Curry. And to let everybody know, I've been looking forward to this particular episode for quite some time. Checklist topic number one. Bring it on. Here we go. Origins. It always starts with that. Now, when I say origins, you may think, okay, Nate, that could be five different options here. Let me give it some additional details here. Origins, first with regards to the non-vanilla, who are you, uh, of what you want to tell us. Then when you discovered and entered the ABDL community, we just might delve into those other four letters, uh, a few checklist topics down the road. But what are the origins of Mommy Curry? Okay, well, um, back in the day before good and evil, no. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, really, how Nicely far do you done. want me to go back at oh this point? My. For me, I've always felt that I've been a little left of center my whole life. Um, I've had a very unique upbringing and traveling around the world and always being engaged and meeting other people. And I've always never felt like I have found the mold that I fit in. And I was probably... I don't know, maybe 15 years ago or so. I can't I can't remember the exact year, 15, maybe more than that, that I was just chatting with a friend and, and things started getting, you know, just talking about things that we like and things that we like to do. And a friend of mine started talking about dominance and submission and it piqued my interest. And so being the person that I am, I, I had to start doing some research and trying to figure out what this was all about and what did it mean to me. And I stumbled along upon a website called the BDSM Library. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but this was way back. And there was resources and articles and things like that, but there was also a forum and a chat room. Oh, baby. Oh, baby is right. <laughs> and I stumbled into that chat room. And I think it was the first time there that I've ever seen kind of virtual role play. There was always a lot going on. And, and I didn't really know a lot about the world in this sense. And so I didn't really understand that there were people that were role-playing puppies and kittens and there were people that were you know role-playing brats and dominance and submissives and it was this whole beautiful world where people could just be whoever they wanted to be and they could put on whatever cloak they wanted to put on and for the first few times that I visited this this chat room I stayed very quiet tried to stay in the dark recesses so nobody noticed me or called me out for being there while I tried to figure out who I was and what cloak was I going to put on and then I read a story online, and I really, really wish I could remember the name of the story, but the title was something to do with, with curious or curiosity, and oh. the curious was spelled with a K. Oh, this is huge already. And it was that story that I read that it reached my senses and unlocked the the concept of submission for me. So most people see me as mommy, they see me as a dominant, they see me as a top. But in reality, I'm a switch. The submission side of me was what I first leaned into when I joined this community. And it was that story that I wish I could remember the name of completely that led me deeper down the path and into this world. And uh, it wasn't until maybe two or three years later that somebody told me about FetLife. And I popped onto FetLife and had to make myself a name. And my name was Curious Nature with a K. Oh, does everybody see where this is headed? 
Oh, how cool is this? And for this is huge. years, no, huge. nobody knows this. I've never told no, this, this to anybody. No, this is huge. Nobody knows my real origin story. And oh. so, you know, years went by and I dabbled and talked with people and, and met some doms here and there and, and explored my world. And then I went and got married and I got married to a truly vanilla person and put the side of me away and packed it away. And okay. I never deactivated my FetLife account, but I never went on it anymore. And unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, because it was an amicable split, I split up with my husband and popped back on to FetLife, reactivated my old account under the Curious Nature name and started looking around for stuff in the area, what was going on in the community, what you know, anything. And I found a munch and I said, you know what, maybe it's time to finally go out and meet some folks and... Chatted with some people, talked to some people, befriended a couple people before I went, and agreed to meet up with some folks on the way into the munch so that I didn't have to go in by myself. Right. Because that's a really scary thing to step out the first time. Oh, it sure and is. And not know anybody and sure anywhere. Is. And so I figured if I had at least had a couple conversations with some people in advance, I would feel like there was some familiarity. So I went to my very first munch. It's a weekly munch that happens here. And um, met in the parking lot with some folks before going in so that I didn't have to take that big step of walking in all by myself. And one of these folks that I had met was named Philly. Holy cow. And so into the munch we went. I guess the rest is history. I don't know. I mean, I had not really known much about the the ABDL community. I knew it existed. I knew it was there. I had never really met anybody as a part of it at all. Um, but I am a mommy, a mother, a real mother, a biological mother. Um, and I've always been seen as a caretaker in my professions that I've chosen and in my life. And so it seemed like it was a very natural addition to my world. And I was happy to meet folks before the first munch, went to the first munch, met a whole bunch of really wonderful people. Honestly, everybody was very welcoming and kind and wonderful and Walked out of there with a ton of new friend requests and people to connect with and communicate with. And was lucky to build a friendship with Philly. And then it blossomed into a relationship. And we've been together for more than a handful of years now, which is exciting and wonderful. Surely. And my life within the community has expanded and grown and changed. And so I would say that now I'm more of a fishbowl of concepts and dynamics there really isn't much that i'm not into i really am truly a switch sometimes i need to be on the bottom and sometimes i really need to be on the top and thankfully in my relationship with philly he's complimentary to that fact that he is also a switch and so as long as our sides are agreeing at that time we are good to go excellent the next question i was going to ask you literally just answered in the last sentence there for as much as like when i decided i was going to do this with phil and with curry I decided it was going to be two separate episodes because when you get Philly just by himself, you get a lot of information. And as you're about to hear, when you get Curry just by herself, you get a lot of information. You put them together. They both respect the fact to whatever extent that the other person is in the room and you don't always get the real guts of it all. That's why I was like, okay, no, if I'm going to do it with you guys. And I think it was a phone call I made to you at one point. I was like, I want to do this, but I want to do it separately. 
Mm-hmm. I want to make it true one-on-ones. I'm not going to bring in PA Daddy from the from the Llama Crew. Nobody. It's just going to be me and Phil, and then me and Curry. Yep. And the question I was about to ask you, you just answered. Uh, you mentioned that you are a switch. Yes. Phil is also a switch. Yes. Okay. Well, you know what? That's great, and and that's that's probably kind of a cool thing. That might actually then lead to yet another question that I hadn't thought of. Just the concept. Well, you know what? You know, let's just ask it now. It's my damn podcast. You can do whatever the hell you want to do. There we go. Uh, when you're switch. Now, yes, there's other factors of life. Okay. We bear those in mind before we take a look at anything else. But when you've got that freedom, when you've got that availability of, of time and of, and of emotions and of resources, and let's say you're with you, like you and your partner are a switch. How do you decide who's going to go on top? And who's going to go on bottom? Is there any real way to it? Because here's the thing. I don't believe I honestly have a submissive bone in my body. I would say for as much as people like to make the joke about me that, oh, you know, you're not really much of a daddy. Well, I'm what you would call a gentle daddy. If I do swat at you, you're going to be wearing a diaper so it doesn't hurt. It's just not within my wheelhouse. Okay. But for two individuals that do switch, they're going to go top and bottom or bottom and top. When you guys actually have that availability and, and, you know, and the resources and the time to do that, how do you decide? Is it based on who's feeling what? Is it based on the day of the week? Is it based on what television shows are on? I don't know. Like, how Typically, does it work? we go with phase of the moon. Oh, you okay. Know, just to make sure that we keep what it, it very What if it's a blue moon? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it it all lies to communication and understanding your partner. You know, if I've had a really rough week at work, sometimes I need to get that stress out by being on the top. Mm, okay. But sometimes the only way I can cope with what's going on is by being on the bottom. Oh, wow. And so it's that communication between the two of us saying, okay, we've got this time to play, which is awesome. <laughs> um but we need to sit down and figure out who needs what at that time. And it's about mm. doing what is best for the unit as a whole, you know, as, as us as a couple, but also figuring out how to get everybody's needs met in a way that is healthy for both of us. Yeah, right there. See, I love it because I can say it once again. It's taking the word take and eliminating it altogether. Give and take. Sounds like such a healthy thing until you put the word take into it. I like to take it, (laughs) using the word take there, (laughs) and turn it into give and receive. Mm -hmm. Because the real truth is if you have two people who are giving, then there is no take, is there? Right. You simply give and then you receive back. And that's very healthy. And it always comes down to a concept that may not necessarily always be one that is popular. Oh, gosh, I would love you to read my mind. And you know what? With enough time, I will. Or to whatever extent, I'll get that figured out. But until then, it comes down to communication. Don't expect me to be a mind reader. Yet, within Zorro Daddy's life, there is, this is absolute truth, uh, there was a belief that my father's mother, grandma, was in fact clairvoyant. She could read minds and it's not a joke like oh how did that woman know that okay it's not going down some route of this because grandma was from she'd be a part of the greatest generation not the silent generation not the baby boomers but the people who had the baby boomers this woman could read your mind almost up until the day she died 
for whatever reason, that gift has not been passed down to me. Hmm. And I can't read somebody's mind. Go, man, Grandma, come back and tell me how to do that. You Absolutely. Know? My gosh, think of all the things. Until then, you have to voice what it is that you're feeling. And mm -hmm. you have to be courageous to do that. Because here's the real truth. Once you get courageous about it, and you're like, hey, you know what? That wasn't so bad. That wasn't so, so blasted impossible. And you make it out to be this damn roadblock in your mind that really doesn't exist. But I think that with time, yeah, as two people are together longer, there, there tends to be this growing relationship-based clairvoyance. Yeah. I know what my partner needs when he's tired or when he's stressed out or yeah. when he's worried about something. I know what's going to help him feel better. And he knows that when I've had a really terrible day at work or things are just going crazy or I'm worried about something, he knows what I need. So it take it does take away some of the need for some communication in sure. the general day-to-day -day right. caretaking of, of your partner. Um, but when it comes down to like the grandiose actions of play, you know, <laughs> right. where you're actually going to get involved in something and, and, and do, you know, quote unquote, a scene. Um, yeah. There has to be some negotiation at the table beforehand. Cause we got to sure. figure out where each one of us is at. And it's a good thing. Starting points are always, you know, what everything is based on. I'm willing to bet at this point, you can read Bill. Uh, Bill. I almost called him Bill. Who's Bill? No. Yeah. Don't tell Phil about Bill. Don't tell Phil about Bill. Okay. Got it. Yeah, you can read Phil's body language. Mm -hmm. You can base it on the tone in his voice. You can base it on what it is that at that moment in time, he determines to be priority. The things that it may even seem OCD, you know, coming out of him. And okay, here's what it is. Okay, then this is what we need to get figured out. So Phil can then, you know, allow his shoulders to relax a little bit. And mm -hmm. I'm also willing to bet... Um, quite to the flip of that, that he can see that about you too. Absolutely. And that's based on interaction. It's based on a great many things. It's based on day-to-day -day life. And all of that is a great bit of uh, of knowledge to have then to come to the table and say, okay, what's what? I can't fathom the two of you would sit down at the table and be like, okay, I'm going to be submissive tonight. No, it's and, not, that, uh, not that You go get the paddle, not the one with the holes, because I don't want the holes tonight. You're like, you don't do that. But a lot of it is very natural. Mm -hmm. And really rolls in the direction of figuring out, okay, here's what's what. I'm sure at some point in time I'm going to have some sort of an episode. If I keep doing these crazy one-on-one -on -one things, because we are doing the crinkle casts and whatnot as well. Yeah. But if I keep doing these, I want to do a switch episode. And I want to bring in couples. I want to bring in individuals. I want to bring in some folks that are older and some folks that are younger just to get a full perspective. I'm not entirely sure how that's going to happen yet. But it just fascinates me. It's like... If you're somebody that feels one way at one point and one way another, how does that happen? You know, and, and, and what are the communications and getting a bunch of different points. But okay, we got through number one. Oh, that's only number one? Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, and no. Just based on what I got here, there's 22 of them. Oh. So I'll tell you what, get comfortable. No. Dear Jesus, we're going to be here a while. I need you a drink. <laughs> Absolutely. Number two. Oh, wait, you don't have a drink, do you? I don't have a drink. I'm drinkless now. Oh, dear heavens. Dear heavens. All righty. Number two. This is a question I normally answer myself, and it was, in fact, P.A. Daddy, who at one point, I think it was during episode four. This is episode eight. Uh, at episode four, P.A. Daddy says, you know, Nate, you're eventually going to run out of them. And I was like, you're right. I am going to run out of them. I just haven't yet. Luckily, I did actually have one 
that I had written into the notes for this episode. So I do actually have an answer, but you, Mummy Curry, are going to answer it first. I'm terrified. You should be. All right, so the question is this. What is something most people don't know about you? Don't and of course, know it's, about me? Do not know about you. And of course, it's something that, that you feel comfortable. Like, I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. In some of the past episodes, I stated that I cannot be without socks. How many times have you seen me in all the stuff we've done where I took socks off of my feet? I go in, maybe I'll take a shower. <laughs> but when I come back out, I got all, you know, socks are the first things I put on. I cannot be without socks. In all the times I've watched you get dressed, which sounds really wrong. <laughs> yeah, that does actually kind of sound dirty. I like it. It works well. Don't tell Phil. <laughs> uh, or Bill. Or not Bill. telling Bill either. Not Bill. Oh, he'll get Definitely pissed. don't tell Bill. He'll get highly pissed off. I have to say, yeah, it does sound like, yeah, if, that's the first thing I always see you do is put socks on. When I come to TC, I've got about 20 pairs of socks stuffed into that black bag. It's half the bag. I'll change my socks multiple times a day. I cannot be without socks, even in the summer. And I hate socks. I know. I know. <laughs> does that bother you? Well, honestly, that I like, at so one, vehemently hate. No, socks. at one point in time, I did. I was bothered by it, but I'm like, no, these people are normal. They're, they're like, I'm not for normal. Your feet. You know, like like socks are something that's good for a blizzard. Normal people don't wear them in the summer. No, no, they really don't. So I don't view myself in that regard as being normal. So I, I, I'm not offended by it at all. But th that's one example. Another one is, I have a sleeping disorder. It's so it's simple things where, where if you were to look at me, you wouldn't know it, right? Unless I told this to you. I could say Guinness. I could say Turkey Hill. I, see, I could say cheese. That's because that's things I talk about all the time. But ultimately, what's something people wouldn't, I guess that's a better way to put it. What's something people wouldn't know about you just by looking at you? It's a tough one. This really is a tough one because yeah. there's really not much exciting about me or, oh, or, you lie like or a hidden rug. about me at you all, really. You lie like a rug. Here we go. What is it? Or or maybe you're right. Maybe there's absolutely nothing at all. Maybe you're an open book. I wouldn't say I'm an open book per se, but uh is there is there a particular type of book you're passionate about? Are you a Nicholas Sparks fan? No, I'm not a Nicholas Sparks fan. Oh damn. At all. Shit. Sorry, Nicholas. I know there you're goes, listening. There goes Zeke and Lily. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> there goes your sponsorship from Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> um hmm. I have a giant rod in my leg. Huh? That you didn't know this? See, there we go. Here's a good one. What is it? Why do you have a rod in your leg? Phil, what did you do? No, no it wasn't <laughs> Phil. It was Bill. Oh, it was Bill uh, every time. I knew it. No, um, what was it? Maybe 10, 12 years ago, I fell off of a ladder. Shut the front door. And I dislocated my knee. And after two other surgeries, my knee just wouldn't like stay in proper alignment. So they did surgery and they broke my tibia on purpose and they reset it at an angle. So my tibia is actually curved instead of straight. And so that changed the angle of the knee joint to try to keep me from needing a knee replacement. And so I only have feeling in half of my lower leg because they had to cut some nerves to do all this. But... I'm assuming in what you're referencing, it's your right leg? Yeah. I have never in my life. Where's the rod? Inside. Inside what? Inside your thigh? No, inside my leg. See that giant Shut scar right there? the front door. And see how my knee looks all funky? 
Folks, I just found out that Mommy Curry is bionic. I am bionic. She is bionic woman 2020. And when it's really cold outside and I come back inside, my leg stays cold because the rod stays cold. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, that I didn't know. Yeah. I... Okay, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a just flat out admit to it. The one I had listed here sucks compared oh, to no, what you just said. Oh, no, now I want to hear it. I want to hear it because I was so ready to battle with you about socks because I vehemently hate socks. I put a sock around your leg at this point if you got a metal <laughs> rod that goes cold in the jeez. To... Well, mine sucks, but I'll state it anyway. Let's hear it. I have what you would call, uh, how did I list it here? A quasi-photographic memory. An identic memory. Um, I don't, and there's, there's a lot of people that I think that would laugh at that when they heard it, because, because we meet so many people, let's just say at, at conventions, right. Or, or online, somebody say, Hey, I emailed you and I had that story about blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I do get those messages. And trust me when I tell you, I do read them. I read them all. It doesn't necessarily happen right away. <laughs> there's many reasons as to why I can't get to them right away. But I do read them all. It doesn't mean I always remember the name. Yet I'll remember the face. Like we were just talking about the the, the three guys in the penguin suits mm -hmm. who came from Europe. Yep. And I'm like, yep, I know exactly who you're talking about. I couldn't tell you who, what the heck their names are, what the heck their FetLife names are, if in fact they haven't decided to change their name to whatever busybody or whatever they've decided to change it to. Right. Okay, that just makes it more difficult when you decide to change it. But I do have a photographic memory. There is an ex that I don't often speak of. And uh, quite honestly, you and Phil only know certain things about her. But uh, that was the first person I met within the community that I got into a relationship with. Strangely, to this day, 12 years later, I can tell you what the first 10 things were that she wore. Hmm. I can tell you what the first 10 sentences were that she stated to me. I can tell you what the first 10 things were that we did together. And that was all inside of the first weekend. And I can tell you the dates. I can tell you the exact minute that I walked up to her front door. I can tell you what I was wearing. I can tell you what the look was on her dog's face. I can tell you all of these things. And none of this is really all that important. It's a bunch of very strange things. I can tell you, Phil may have actually filled you in on this, of, uh, of my first memory in life when I was two and a half years old. I can give you details that don't really mean anything, or maybe they don't mean anything. I can tell you something uh, that happened in third grade, and I can go into such detail, it's ridiculous. I can tell you, I just mentioned earlier tonight about uh, how my fifth grade class we played head of the class. It was a board game yep. that we found a way to do physically. I can give you details that really seem bizarre that I would remember that stuff because there's a greater point that I don't remember at all, like somebody's FetLife name, even though they change it every month. I don't remember certain things, and that's why I put the word quasi in front of that. But for that reason, I have a quasi-photographic memory. I'll remember things forever. And it's really, really strange. You were mentioning the sense earlier mm -hmm. that remains with you forever. That would be scent. Yeah, your scent memory, your old Something that memory. you smell, like like grandma's apple pie when you were a little kid. My God, if you walk past something and you get the right combination of scents, 30 years later, bam, your head is back to grandma's apple pie. 
there's actually a lot of people that have partially eidetic memories. So if I am handed a piece of sheet music and I sing through the piece of sheet music, I only need one time. Yeah. I can then put the sheet music down and I, that is, boom, committed to memory forever, including where certain things are on the page, like where certain things happen or swells or changes in keys and things like that. The piano, the crescendo. I know. Oh, you know, if somebody's like, well, where, where do we change the chorus? And say, oh, that's at the bottom of page three or, you know, so, uh, but a lot of people I find in talking, talking about this strange skill have it in their own unique way and maybe they just don't recognize it. So, but yeah. maybe your grandmother did pass something of her it could special be. skill onto you just, and it's manifested in a different way. Yeah. And actually I, I have, I've met, I've met him several times now. You have a relative who is very good with numbers. Yes. Like astoundingly good. Uh, who could in fact remember the last time that, that I and this person met, mm-hmm. you know, like this is, it's astounding. And, and we'll argue historical dates until the cows come home. And you know what? He's always right. Hot diggity. He that's, has he has gotten into arguments with museum docents about proper dates on, and, on and, things. And and he proves them all. And he always proves them right. That's yep. so freaking awesome. I love it. That's awesome stuff. That was really cool. So Curry has a bionic leg. And I'm still vehemently against socks. Hey, oh, man, I'm telling you. We're gonna uh, we're gonna go rumble about this later. This I have a is feeling. this is gonna be trouble. I'm telling you. You ever want to torture me? You ever want to get me to do what you need me take to do? Take your socks off. Take my hide my socks. Is that how I wake you up? That could easily do it because I won't be able to fight back or kick. You pull the blankets off and yank the socks off. You hear? Bam! It? You've heard it here, folks. Zorro Daddy's superpowers come from his socks. It it <laughs> comes from the socks. Alrighty, number three, and this one is fun. This episode is not the same questions as as the ones that I passed along to Phil, yet some of them are. And I I personalized this one just to Curry as I personalized the one to Phil about him. But number three appears in both, although the examples are different. Are you ready for this, Curry? I'm ready. Here we go. I'm going to give you two things, and you need to choose one or the other. Whether you like the one or your preference is one or whether you'll deal with one, whatever the case may be, I'm going to give you two things. You need to pick one. Are you ready? Bring it on. First one is Pepsi or Coke? Coke. Diet Coke. This is why I like Mommy Curry. She goes down the route of Coke. I can speak factually when I tell you they have Coke in their house. Uh, Next option is, I'm going to hold my phone up here, Uh, vanilla or chocolate? Chocolate. Really? Chocolate. Okay. Now, is that seriously chocolate based on the flavor or chocolate based on another definition of those words? As in vanilla, non-vanilla, or vanilla, the actual extract, and chocolate, the actual... Oh, no, like the food. The food. The food? Okay, I will go, cool. I will go to chocolate before I go to vanilla. Very good. All right. Next is vodka or rum. Oh. Mm. Oh. Oh, they get more difficult. I'm a whiskey girl. Hold on. Your option is vodka <sighs> or rum. You must pick one of the two. Vodka. Vodka. Really? Yeah. You, you don't want pamper rum? <laughs> I don't want pamper rum. <laughs> I, I say that because we found a, a version of rum earlier tonight, which is Pompero. Pompero rum. Pompero rum. Is like, I look at it. It was like, it says pamper on the We're thing. So you got to buy it. about this. Phil snagged that thing right up off the counter. Yoink. Darn tootin'. Okay, here we go. Uh, speaking of which, bourbon whiskey or scotch bourbon whiskey. whiskey. Yahtzee? Okay. 
Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Sunrise or sunset, and you go with sunset. Sunset. All righty. So we're, we're not tapping into like any fiddler on the roof here, right? No, no fiddler on the roof. I okay. just, I'm not. I'm you not, like the sun going down. I like the sun going down. Okay. Because then that means campfires and s'mores. And oh, I'm not a morning person. You're a camping girl. I can tell that. I'm a camping that. girl. That's the way to be. All right. I, I put this next one in specifically because I know it wouldn't hit home with Phil, but I know I know it will oh, with no. you because you got to deal with him. Here we go. <laughs> perfect physical health or perfect mental health. If you had to be physically fine or mentally fine, which would you choose? Oh, boy. I far from have perfect physical health. Right. Uh, but I think perfect mental health. I'd rather have my faculties yeah. about me than my physical physicality. Phil picked the same thing. Now, here's the big one. Phil got this one right. We'll see if you do. I thought there were no wrong answers. There are no wrong Except answers. Except for this one. Well, okay, I think no. I know what question this is. Ooh, and oh. I'm ready. Have you listened to the episode with Phil? No. Okay. Can I give right. you my answer before you ask the question? Yes. What is it? S creamy, smooth. No, 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 no. Oh, no, it's no, not no, that no. one. Oh no. No, that doesn't even appear because we did that. Here's a big one. Oh boy. I don't want you to answer this one just because I'm sitting in the room. I want you to be honest, Curry. Oh jeez. If at any point in time, even when we decide to butt heads. I'm going to turn away. I want you to give me the, the 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 real answer because there is no wrong answer, even if Zorro would have picked the other. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Stallone or Schwarzenegger? Oh, jeez. There's no wrong answer. Seeing, There's no wrong answer. Seeing as I have seen none of the Rocky movies. Oh, God. I have a lot of work to do, people. And my only thought when you say Schwarzenegger is kindergarten cop. That's fine. It's a great example. I would probably go with Stallone. <sighs> That's this. See, this is why I do cannonballs between the two of you when you guys <laughs> lay down. S Phil also went Stallone. Although I live for Schwarzenegger, he just ain't Stallone. That's all right. So you're batting a thousand so far. All right, all right here good. we go. I'm good. We're not going to cut it off yet. Oh no, no, not at all. all right. Here we go. Here's the next one. Would you prefer to have more time or have more patience? Well, I think I know what Philly would wish I had more of. <laughs> That's half the fun. That's half the fun. Um, I think I would go with more time. More time. Okay, mm -hmm. that makes logical sense. I mean, there's all these existential reasons why I would want more time, you know, more time with my family, more time on the weekends, more time in the beautiful weather, more time to you bet. get my, you know, to-do list done, more time with people I love. But, you know, it's also Absolutely. kind of selfish, more time to sleep. Once again, hey, hey there's nothing wrong with that. that more, more time to enjoy a cup of coffee. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, here we go. Next one. And you can only pick one. Oh, boy. And they cannot be combined, so I'm going to eliminate that flavor. Here we go. Cookies or ice cream? Oh, and we'll boy. eliminate the oatmeal cookies, okay? Just to, Yeah, we, I mean, oatmeal cookies are off the table. To I learned a with. new thing tonight, and I'm stunned. But now, right. see, cookies or ice cream? There's what you variables got? to these. Mm-hmm. You're darn tootin' there is. If it was cookies, 
It would have to be soft cookies. That's fine. Because hard cookies should just go away. You bet. Listen, soft cookies are still cookies. Therefore, it applies. Right. You bet. Ice cream would have to be like farm fresh ice cream. Absolutely. Which is still declared ice cream. Or the ice cream at the place that I grew up working at. You bet. You bet. Cookies or ice cream. If you could only have one of the two. But you can put cookies in ice cream. You can put ice cream on cookies. On cookies? Sure. Oh, you You've never to? had a cookie ice cream sandwich? Well, yeah, okay. Now you're putting them together. I'm just saying. You're just you're just trying to find a way to I'm not dancing. have to answer the question. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. You could have one of the two for the rest of your life. Ice cream. Ice cream. Okay. And the final one. This one, I guess, is a little philosophical. I know which one I would answer. Because we I'm... haven't gotten, you know, philosophical oh, no, not already. Again. <laughs> no, no. We haven't gotten philosophical. Because all I really want is Phil. I mean, the osophical. The osophical is just bonus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's garnishment. Here we go. Final one. Getting what you want or getting what you need. It seems like it should be such a simple answer, but the truth is, oh, it's, it's not. not. It's not. A and the longer answer. you think about it, the more difficult it gets. Um, of course, you go to need, but then again, oh, hold on, is it really what I need? I think that if we only did and only got what we wanted, we would probably find ourselves in in pretty sorry situations pretty quickly. Sure. There's a lot of stuff that I want. I tend to, on the day to day, prioritize the need tos over the want tos. So I think I'd have to go with getting what you getting need. Getting what you need. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Truth being told, that's probably the answer I would go with too, but I would barely pick that one because I know what I want. In reality, though, the right things that you want are what you need. Are actually yeah. what you need. Yeah. So you can have your cake and eat it too in some scenarios. You know, not everything you want will turn into a need. Right, but the right things will. That's that. That's such the dynamite point, and that's why to put it last. If you actually know what you want, as opposed to saying, "Hey, here's what I want," if you actually know what you want, then you'll get what you need, and then the question becomes that moot. Point, exactly. So just, the point. I just wanted to say moot in that regard, like. Like, if I had rewarded it, like, if I had said knowing what you want and knowing what you need, then it would probably have a little more validity. But it wouldn't have led to this conversation we're having right now. I would now. still go with the same choice. You'd still go with knowing what you need? Knowing what you need. Okay, fair enough. I like it. I probably would still go down the route of need. Um, although want is very, very tempting. I love it. But here's the cool thing. We're on to checklist item number four. <laughs> ha ha. What is a decision you have made in life that you wish you could go back and change? Aside from agreeing to be on this podcast, you're not allowed to pick that one. Decision you made in life that, hey, if you could go back and change it, you would. There She's are, on the hot seat. There's a lot, actually, that I wish I could go back and change. But then it wouldn't, it wouldn't have led me to the path that I'm on now. Right. Um, Everything builds towards where you're Yeah, at. it's really hard to say which part of the butterfly effect do you want to undo. Right. Um, probably the thing that I would want to change the most is just because I feel like I missed out on the experience. I was accepted to be a Peace Corps volunteer. Oh. 
There's there's another thing I didn't know. And I was supposed to go to um, coastal Southeast Asia. Wow. And be a Peace Corps volunteer at a clinic. When would you have done this? What year? This would have been... I'm trying to do the math in my Last head. year? No. Oh, it was like eons ago, like 10 years this ago. Was, this was moons ago. Oh, okay, okay. This was a long time ago. And it was at that point that my lease on my apartment was ending. and So it was timely? It was timely, but I needed... I Well, I wasn't slated to leave for another six months. So I needed to find a place to live for six months. I know and that feeling. <laughs> I had started in a fairly recent relationship and was trying to determine whether or not this was a real relationship and had an honest conversation with my partner that says, look, I've got this opportunity and I'll be gone for four years. And the person told me, well, I don't think I'm going to wait. And I decided to turn down the opportunity for the Peace Corps for this person. Wow. And that is that is who I think it is. That's who you think it is. And we're not talking Phil. We're not talking Phil. Holy cow. Um, but okay. on the flip side of all of that, if I had gone to my Peace Corps assignment, I would have been in coastal Southeast Asia when the tsunami hit. The clinic where I was supposed to go, no one survived. Oh, my gosh. That's craziness right there. So that's why I, I struggle with that answer because of the whole butterfly effect of yeah. if I had gone, had it turned out differently and where would I be now and what would that have happened some... after the fact. So, Did you just hear that, Phil? <laughs> he gave the thumbs up. Wow. That's, that's a freaking answer right there. Well, shit, I'm going right to the checklist item five. Before your juices like begin to swell down. Here we go. Oh, Number geez. five. What is a decision you made in life that you would never go back and change? Not for all the gold in the fucking world. Something in life, decision you made, hell no, you're not changing it because it was a great thing. Same answer. The Peace Corps. Mm -hmm. If I if I <laughs> changed that decision, I wouldn't yeah, have the, my family. I wouldn't yeah. have there, There's extensions everything. of your family that would not exist right now. Mm -hmm. There is... Uh, places where you're at there's places where you're headed there are uh, a cluster of communities not just the one that you know that we share in common that you would not be a part of had you decided to go to the peace jeez to god that's might be is the that best the easy answer. way out that's the best <laughs> answer i've ever heard that's awesome Alrighty. oh see this isn't fair oh, it's only okay i will explain to people on this particular episode i actually drove up to where phil and curry live and I, I came here for the weekend, and we're sitting a good six feet apart here. And things are beginning to go on, we'll call it the downslope here, uh, where they live, and then also where I live. We're almost over the hump, and you know we've all sort of dealt with it as we have. So we're being cautious, but I needed a road trip. So that being said, <laughs> checklist item number six, and you'll laugh at the wording. It's two parts. Oh, boy. Here we go. What's the last thing you thought about last night before you went to sleep and the first thing you thought about this morning when you woke up? <laughs> it's not fair because I'm actually in the mix. It had nothing to do with me. just has to do with the fact that there was a factor within your house that would not be there normally. Son of a gun, this isn't fair. But nevertheless, go for it. Uh, last thing I thought about 
before I went to sleep was... How bad is Nate going to fart downstairs? <laughs> Holy crap, it's late and I've had a lot to drink. Yes. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> First thing getting up this morning was probably... Holy crap, where did this headache come from and how long is it going to last? That that was severe there for a little bit. You were feeling that, I can tell you. Not so philosophical as the previous question, but no. hey, okay. you're but looking for honesty. What would, what would a typical thing be? Let me, let me see if I can take that one and save it a little bit. Typical, typical morning first thing going through my head, honestly, is running the list of everything that I have to do for the day. And Doing the you, mental checklist. And when you went to bed the night prior. Panicking about all of the things that I did that I have accomplish. There you go. There you go. Oh, geez. Here's the stuff that's going to be a carryover till yep. tomorrow. Yep. What's the carryover? Okay. Um. What? Okay. Okay. We'll go right to number seven then. What are your other interests beyond ABDL? Now, we're, I'm, I'm going to say, because I learned through episode four, uh, what I said was, what are your other interests? Make sure I get the wording right. Beyond ABDL. Now, what I didn't put in after that was the words kinky and non-kinky, at which point <laughs> Lucas and uh, PA Daddy tore me a new one, because and they were right. So kinky and non-kinky, what are your other interests beyond ABDL? I say that because of the nature of this podcast. Yeah. What are um, some other things? Yeah, so non-kinky. Uh, uh, I would say save the, uh, the item that might happen there, as that is a question coming up. All right, so... My biggest non-kinky interests are being outdoors, photography, hiking. Photography? Photography. Okay. Um, You're a country girl. I'm a, I'm a country girl. I like being outside, uh, you know, planting in the garden, hiking, exploring, photography. I also knit and crochet and craft and, you know, that kind of Lord knows you came up with some stuff. some crafts there for a convention in the fall. Yeah, yeah. I realized that didn't all come from books. That Some of that came from your head. Unfortunately, it's a scary, scary place. That's a beautiful thing. All righty, what else? So, so you have some, some hobbies that you've got there, some things you do with your free time. Absolutely. I'm a nerd, so, you know, I like to keep up on technology and, and play on the computer. And So you need to be my teacher online. There you go. I'll be your teacher. Because I am a technological failure, okay? I'll, I'll use teacher. the word failure. I, can you, I kid you not, both Smashwords.com and Lulu.com decided. No, they just decided to change their format. And when I tell you Zorro Daddy's World is rocked, when they do that, I go down the exact same path. I finished a book here. I put it up. There's seven different places I have to publish it through. And when they do anything differently, it rocks my universe. When I just put out The Babysitter Crush 2, the thing I finished like four days ago, I about had a cow and gave birth to it in a male. Okay? <laughs> because it was different. I'm like, why do you got to change things? Please. I'm not good at change. At all. So I'm definitely, you're, you're going to teach me. It's all good. Because if you don't do it, I am fucked. Okay, just so you're aware. <laughs> okay. Now, you want to get philosophical again? There we this go. This is going to get good. And I like I like uh, uh, some of the parameters that exist presently. You're going to lose. Are oh, you ready? No. It's, two, it's two questions. Let me finish the second question. All right. <clears throat> that wasn't the question. That was just me coughing. Here we go. That's hard to answer. Yeah, I know it is. Here we go. Is love real? And if so, is hate real? Yes. Yes to both? Yes to both. Love is real. Love is real. Okay, so if love is real, does that mean that hate has to be real? 
I think that as much as love has been scientifically proven to be a physical reaction that can be seen and charted and and documented, I think that if they looked in the same way, they could probably scientifically document hate as well. Wow. For the same reason? Sure. Just the polar opposite of it. Now, that's most interesting. They can document examples of it, and if they can document examples of it, that therefore means that whether it's within our minds or whether it actually exists otherwise, something does exist that we would term as both love and also hate. Well, they're both leading off of physical, visceral reactions. So if you're feeling something, when you're, the love of your life walks into the room, you have a change in you that you can feel, that you can identify. That's how you know you love someone. Or that she needs to be changed. When or that she needs love to be yeah. changed. Okay, yes, just yes. based on the individual. Okay. But the same thing, if, if a symbol or a person that you really adamantly don't like or has done some major harm to you, there is also a physical reaction that happens within your body. Okay, can I? Uh, uh, I'm going to deviate off the list. I'm going to ask you a question that literally just came to mind right now. And if by chance you don't want it in, because I do this within the episodes, if you, you can literally say cut this out of the episode and I will edit it later. However, I'm going to ask you the question, which if you come up with the answer based on what I just said, makes you even, even hotter of a target. Here we go. If in fact love exists and love is real, if someone can say to you, here's what I'm feeling and... I kind of think it's love. If you can at that moment say to them, what you're feeling is something, but it may not necessarily be love. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to lead the question on, but also saying it at the same time, can you detect what would be called faux love, I guess? That then puts you in, in one hell of a position. I think that there is. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. Okay. No, thank there's you. there's a difference between lust and infatuation and love. If I may dig further, what are, what's the difference? Well, lust is a fire that burns hot and fast. Okay. And will invariably fizzle out once the excitement and the newness disappears. That's lust. That's okay. it's not a permanent state. I think infatuation sort of, you know, leans very close to something like that. It's probably a little different and in, in, in its feeling. It's more of a sense of need and, and, you know, needing to feel a part of. But love is a fire that burns slowly and evenly and has the, the staying power to be sustained and, and last over years and decades and trials and tribulations. Okay. So the I think the feeling of love is less obvious than I was just literally getting ready to say that infatuation. I, I, I was going to keep we could do a whole episode on love. Like the next question I was going to ask you was, can love be overlooked? And I would assume Absolutely. the answer to be yes. Right? You can you can lean into lust and infatuation so much easier because they're feelings that are way more forward in their nature. They're feelings that you're going to notice right away. Somebody walks into a bar and you have this reaction to them. That's lust. That's not love. That's lust. They're, love is okay. developed over time. Love is something that is is slow burning and underneath the day to day actions. It's it's the simple 
actions, the simple hmm. moments in life where sure. you get this different reaction, where you get this different feeling. Love, and, and here's an example, and I think there's actually a picture of it on my Fat Life profile. So I have some medical issues. Sometimes it's hard for me to hold things that are big and heavy. So the large uh, dish soap bottle, the big size, the one that's all the way on the bottom shelf when you go grocery shopping. Right. The big right. like 30 ounce dish soap. The family size. The family one. size one. You bet. Sometimes I can't pick that up and squeeze it because it I have trouble with my hands. Oh, okay. Philly replaced it one day with a smaller bottle that we just keep refilling. That's love. That acknowledgement of knowing that the big dish soap bottle is hard for me to handle sometimes and replacing it with the smaller bottle that we can just keep refilling. It's a very small act. It's very mini minimal in its, in its right. action. But it makes all the difference in the world. But it makes a huge difference. That's love. You bet. And it's it's a slow burning thing that's always as an undercurrent, right? That exists after the lust and infatuation burns. Lust away. and infatuation are easier to find, yes. easier to feel, easier to attain mm -hmm. than love. Do people jump off of that boat trip, which are which they're taking to get to the to to love? Are they jumping off of that boat trip too early? They're like, oh, here's lust, here's infatuation, I found it. I think people spend too much time chasing that dragon. Hmm. No matter how magic it might be. That after it fizzles away, they stick around too long. Right. Trying to get that back. Ooh. And if when the lust and infatuation fizzles away, there's nothing left underneath. There's no worm embers left. What are you waiting around what for? What are you waiting around for? Oh, man, that's good. Okay, people, if by chance you didn't grasp everything she just said, she literally just gave you the recipe. And if you didn't grasp it all, I would recommend you go back about 10 or 15 minutes and listen to this section again. Have it start when I asked her, is love real? And if so, is hate real? Because that just answered about 8,000 questions. Do listen to that section again. I, I, I don't want to continue to hark on it, but uh, thank you. Right in the middle of this sucker, I'm going to say thank you. Then leading on to the next topic, uh, let's talk about cigars. Okay. There's very little that I know about cigars, although I just I just very recently, as in a few hours ago, had one, which actually Philly gave to me and said, hey, this is, you know, hey, Zorro, this is probably something that you're going to get a kick out of. And uh, he was right. And and along the way, you actually explained to me, you know, there are different things that come from a cigar This. It's sort of like the smell of the taste of something, but you have a wealth of knowledge of it. And if I'm not mistaken, you did in fact go to a convention in oh, another yeah. state that had to. Do so tell me a little bit about cigars and your interest in them. Um, you know, we've we've been to a couple events for cigars over the years. Um, it's something that I've dabbled in probably for about ten years or so, but recently in the last two three years, it's become more of a, a serious hobby. I would say it's similar to the experience of, say, a boutique coffee, a small batch, you know, coffee bean that's taken care of and brewed. That's not something you want to, like, throw through a, a regular drip coffee machine and, and enjoy. There's a ritual to cigar smoking. There's an experience. It's about slowing down and taking your time to appreciate the artistry that was put into making that cigar. 
The cigars mm. we smoke are hand-rolled. These aren't those machine-rolled, fast, mass-processed cigars. These are high-quality, hand-rolled cigars that have had years of time put into them before they get to me. Wow. And it's that appreciation for the, the work, the artistry, the blending, mm. the time that's all gone into it that makes it an, an opportunity for me to sit down and be social with my friends and, and have an opportunity to relax and, and lose yourself in all of this. And a lot of cigars nowadays, they come with stories behind them or they come with beautiful artwork that you can appreciate. Sure. Um, they're coming from all over the world. There's new regions, it seems like, every year that's now developing tobacco to be appreciated in cigar form as opposed to in cigarette form. Right. It's guaranteed downtime for me that I can have that I don't seem to get in any other way. Okay, let me put you on the spot. Many flavors exist. Mm -hmm. Like uh, earlier, Phil just gave me one. He's like, yeah, Nate, this will be within your, within your range. And he was right. And and the two of you were like, yeah, you might be sensing this and that and the other, and you were right, and 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 it worked for Zora. You're like, yep, here's what Zora would get a kick out of, and you were absolutely correct about it. What is a smoking experience? And we're gonna base it on flavor, not necessarily the smell of the scent of something, okay? <laughs> uh, but you're like, hey, here's this cigar, and it is this. It is. Uh, a coffee espresso or whatever what's one that when you took it you were like wow i'm glad i was sitting down when i had this because the person who just told me to try this was absolutely correct i can think of two cigars oh boy what do we got what are one they? that is currently back available on the market and one that is not the one that's that's available on the market the one that is Usually kind of my go-to that I like to give to people because I, I appreciate the experience of the cigar. Um, it's called La Sirena. It's the La Sirena cigar, and it's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful cigar. It's dark wrapper, full-bodied, so much beautiful, beautiful different flavors and notes that roll through it. There's There's kind of three distinct sections of cigar where they change the cigar processes and burns and the the notes and the flavors will change as you smoke the cigar okay um, and it's actually a cigar that was designed and originally marketed by a trio of sisters that are local to here oh nice um, and it went off the market a few years ago and they have actually recently decided to bring it back. And the, the rebirth cigar is just as good as the original, which is Excellent. always very exciting. That's so, fantastic. It's a beautiful cigar. It's always a go-to. I've got a whole bunch of them on hand all the time. Excellent. Because um, when in doubt, I would go to that one. And it's Excellent. the one that I tend to gift to people the most. Excellent. Well, I'm just going to keep plowing forward. This go, is awesome. Go, okay. go. Well, you can. Go. Um, with regards to our four letters, I'm driving yes. us back in that direction. Now, there are other letters that you have, and mm -hmm. that's understandable. But when I say R four letters, it's the four that include me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, with regards to ABDL, what is something that you enjoy beyond seeing other people happy? I'm going to cut the Damn typical. It. I know, I'm cutting the typical mommy answer out of it. You can't give me that answer. You stole my answer. Yep. You jerk. That's probably, I probably had a discussion with you before I made these questions. I'm like, how am I, how am I going to screw her in this question? Probably, yeah. There it is. So aside from others getting happy, what's something you enjoy with regards to our four letters? 
And I can't say seeing other people happy. Nope. Damn. Because it really is the 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 true. But I mean, I'm not going to base it on proximity of locations right now. But other people's other people. I'll say nothing more. <laughs> I enjoy nurturing, being a nurturer, and taking care of people. That is an awesome answer right there. I know the feeling. And my God, it becomes something that sort of becomes instinct when it deals with one person. This, of course, leads to the next question, even though there probably isn't really a segue there. Um, what? <laughs> there you go. Uh, what are your favorite TV shows or movies to watch? I mean, what is it that you visually binge? I recall I came to visit you folks once, and you turned me on to the movie The Greatest Showman. And oh, my blue heaven, were you right? This is unreal. Hugh Jackman alone, but the storyline, based on a true story, loosely based, I'm sure. But what is it that Mommy Curry likes to uh, to watch? What 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 is her what is her passion? What is her fetish as far as visually the visual fetish mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well i will tell you that i am not a fan of repeat watching what does that mean so typically i'll watch something once once and done and done okay. i don't i don't generally rewatch movies or shows i'll typically just see it through once and and be done that leads me to believe you pay attention i try to okay um, but as far as the things that I like, I mean, I'm super varied in that realm. I'll go from something like Parks and Recreation to Ozark to Narcos to a musical to a real life documentary. I, I, I bounce all over the place. It's just dependent on where I am mood wise and what I need at that moment. If I need a good cry, I'll put on something dramatic. If I need a good laugh if I've had a bad day I'll put on you know Schitt's Creek or Kim's Convenience or something that I know will at least get me to chuckle if I'm just needing to spend some time I'll put something on that's a little bit deeper that I need to act you know pay good attention to like okay. like Ozark or or um we watched a beautiful beautiful documentary or not a documentary beautiful mini series about a girl um trying to get away from uh, orthodox Jewish community and I appreciate those shows that really pull at your emotions and your heartstrings. Well, okay. Uh, let me take the second half of that and change the wording a bit. What is the most recent thing that you binged? Would it be, in fact, that girl who was trying to get away from the... Currently, I am watching Ozark. Ozark is the recent binge. Okay. Ozark's a recent binge. I just started season three. So you want something to tap into you in a bunch of different places for a in a bunch of different ways for a bunch of different reasons. Absolutely. That, Keep that, it real. Hey, that's the way to be. That's the way of life. That's fantastic. All righty. I threw this one in just to sort of get an idea of what it is that you might find to be interesting. What I want you to do is pick up your cell phone. Go to your music. Oh, boy. And I want you to just read off the first 10 or so songs of some sort of a music playlist that you created. And you may chick you may choose the one if you have more than one. Okay. And then the big question, what is your favorite song of all time? And that may or may not be on your phone right now. But what's a what's a musical playlist that might appear on Mommy Curry's phone? So you said the first ten ten or fifteen, just wh whatever you feel comfortable with. All right. So I've got Keep Breathing by Ingrid Michaelson, Wild Horses by Bishop Briggs. Uh, Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish, 
No Rain by Blind Melon, Wildflowers by Tom Petty, uh, One Man Band by Old Dominion, Helpless by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, The Circle Game by Joni Mitchell, and Somebody to Love by Casey Musgroves. Wow. I knew Blind Melon and Tom Petty from that list. <laughs> um, it's, it's a... That's a nice little mixture you got there. My my music catalog is highly varied and swings the gamut from old folk to new folk, um, yeah, modern, you know, modern music, alternative music to some classic everything. That's what it everything is. in between. Favorite song? Yeah. Can you do you? Ha- okay. Actually, the question to ask is: Do you have a favorite song? And if so. What is it? I.e. one song that I'd be willing to yep. be the only song I could ever listen to? Yes. That's a good way of putting it. God Moving Over the Face of the Waters by Moby. Moby? Mm-hmm. You made a guy who did West... Uh, Here we are again, moving yep. to the west side. That guy? Yep. It's a it's a little Moby. Known song you can get stoned by Obi. The thirty four year old that guy. I could listen to <laughs> the song Eminem. "God Moving Over the Face of the Waters." God moving over the face of the waters by Moby on repeat for the rest of my life, and I can tell you the exact place and moment when I heard it the first oh, time. Oh, tell me, because I'm gonna listen to this <laughs> the moment we're done recording. I had been God given moving a, over the face yep, of the waters by Moby. Yep, I had been given a, a playlist by a friend of mine in college, and I loaded it onto my old school iPod, and I was walking across college campus at seven o'clock in the morning, in the crisp fall, on my way to a morning class, and my campus was right along a big river, and the sun was rising, and it was breaking through the clouds, and I was listening to this most epic piece of music and it changed my entire existence in that moment and anytime I've gone to commune with nature to be alone to access feelings anytime I've needed just that moment of I need to feel at peace. That's the song that I go to. So that would be the song. God, moving I would, over the face of the waters. It's stunningly beautiful. Oh, now I'm inspired. It's a it's a gorgeous song. Yeah, like you're. It sounds positive. Mine is totally different. Uh, I believe they are the sons of Andy Williams. Okay. They did. A, they created a band called the Williams Brothers. And the Williams Brothers put out a song called, and there's nothing pleasant about it. It's called Can't Cry Hard Enough. Oh, gosh. That is Zorro Daddy's favorite song, and nothing has touched it since it was released in 1990. That would be 30 years ago. Of course, music has really not been We're all gonna so great. We're going to have to listen to each other's songs. Yeah, we are. This is all over. I'm telling you what. We're going to have to hold each other. Or actually, <laughs> Phil, Phil will hold, Phil both, will hold of us both of us at the same turn. time. There we go. Well, all right. Wow. God moving over the face of the waters yep. by Moby. By Moby. I'm I'm listening to it as soon as we're done here. Okay. I like it. Boy, this is good stuff. And all it took was a couple of Guinnesses to get me here. <laughs> I figured out the, the, the... And then when you wake up in the morning, folks, you slowly drink Turkey Hill iced tea. Okay. All right. Keep. right. We're going to keep moving forward. Uh, are you the kind of person that remembers your dreams when you wake up? No. Wow. That's why we get along. Almost never. Do you remember them for a few seconds? Very rarely. Yeah. Same here. Okay. This actually, <laughs> it'll make a quick answer though. It says, if so, which dreams uh, remain with you 
most vividly. I remember, I literally wake up. I had one this morning, actually. I woke up and uh, I hate to say it was an ABDL dream, but that girl's legs were up in the air and she was getting all kinds of powdered and diapered because that's what Zora Daddy does. And this is what I dreamed about, okay? And that I remember who she was. It was somebody I knew. I don't know. Phil, you're going to have to tap into my brain somehow and figure that out. <laughs> but it lasts for as long as I am continuing to wake up. Mm -hmm. And the moment I fully awake, bam, it's gone. And quest I mean, details I have five seconds prior are gone forever. I can probably tell you on one hand the number of dreams in my lifetime that I can give you details about. That's how randomly I remember. It's probably even less than that for me. Wow. Is there any dream at all in your life that you have any retention of knowledge about? Uh, of remembrance about, not of knowledge. One I know for, for, for sure was a dream. One I, one was a memory mm. um, that must have like surfaced while I was, you know, while you were, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. I was able to confirm the content of it. Uh, but the one that I do honestly remember is when I was living in South America when I was a teenager and I woke up and remembered that my dream was all in Spanish. In Spanish? And that's one of the ways you can tell if you've become fluent in language, if you start dreaming in that language. You're bilingual? I was. You got a little Espanol in you? Un poquito. O un poquito? Un poquito. Así, así. Así, así. Ah, muy bien, muy bien. <laughs> um, but that's that's one that has stuck with me. It's one that I remembered after I woke up and one, one of the only dreams that I actually still, you know, can remember having. And That's this was awesome. many, many years ago. I've often wondered that. I mean, there are some people like, oh, gosh, I have great dreams. I had a dream last night. And I sit there, and it's one of the few times in my life I've been jealous, with the exception of people that have hair. I'm <laughs> jealous of them, too. Uh, there's a reason I wear a Chiefs hat. Although the Chiefs did win the Super Bowl, thank you. So you're extra extra jealous of the hairy dreamers? I Yeah. I Yeah, there we go. But there's a few times in my life I've actually been jealous, and but th that is one of them because I don't remember my dreams. Yet I know I have the dreams. I just remember them from about five seconds as I wake up. And then, you know, it's all over after that. So I stand in all of those people. I stand in admiration of people who can actually remember it. Yeah. I can't write it down fast enough. I can't find a pen fast enough. And as you guys have explained to me, I've tried to articulate verbally my like what's going on. And you guys can't understand what in the name of God I'm saying. You speak so clearly in your sleep that it's like you're wide awake. Yeah. And it's creepy and I wish you would stop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I wish I'd stop too. It's just ridiculous in about you know, a half a dozen different ways. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, here we go. Now we're going to plow into the stuff where it's like, okay, you got to dig in. You got to take a look. You got to think about personal experiences. Oh, or or you just take a look at it from a blanketed standpoint. And he had to make, uh, you know, uh, Phil had to make the exact same decision too when I asked this exact same question to him. Are you ready? I'm ready. Bring it okay. on. Okay. <clears throat> what are some things about the ABDL community that you love to the point of obsession and elation. And I will state to you, there is no wrong answer, except for the answer you don't give. 
Something to the point of obsession and elation. Because here's the cool thing. We we make the, the matter of fact, I said at the beginning of this thing, as I said, one of the most amazing people I've ever met, and I have met a plethora of amazing people. And I really have. I've also met some real jerk-offs, too. <laughs> you know, I mean, and that exists. It doesn't have to be EBDL. That exists in, in any and all communities. That exists where you work. That exists within your family. You know, like you, you meet some phenomenal souls who, my God, they become besties with you. Or, or, or they become chums that you just continue to stay in touch with. But what is something about the community uh, that, that really makes you so happy to the point where you're like gaga for it? I think it's the origin stories. Everybody brings a different story. Everybody brings a different start. And I think when I meet new people, that's always one of the first questions that I ask them is what, how did they, how do they find themselves here? Right. Um, and so I feel like I've sort of become a collector of stories and the differences. And Isn't it an awesome thing, I love some it. of the answers? I love it. Because you never know where they start. Yeah, that's good stuff. I like it. Getting an idea of where everybody's starting point is. Because where they're heading, we don't know. Right. But we, we don't know, know where, where they're, they're going to feel tomorrow. We know where they came from. Exactly. Knowing where they came from and grasping the, you know, the vast variety of places. Some people came from something dark. Some people tried things dark. And they just didn't know what was what, and they found something that was a little more their their uh, their cup of tea, or, or their sippy cup of tea, I guess. And it was called ABDL, and they needed to crinkle all this time. Well, okay, then you can obviously understand what the polar flip of that would be. What are some things about the ABDL community, you ready for it? I'm ready for it. That you hate. That's easy. Or uh, hate to the point of anger and frustration. And this is why I asked you a question about love and hate earlier. Does hate exist? So what is it something you hate? I have a strong distaste for the drama in the community. For the drama in the community. Drama as in... People feeling the need to tear each other down, make them look better or worse, to spread rumor and deceit, to butt into people's relationships where they don't belong. That's the thing that gets to me to such a degree and it's it's what it's one of the things that keeps me from wanting to be more a part of the community that i i don't want to log into various networks and see people ripping each other down for fun pointing out disparities or you know this person doesn't fit this type of a mold or this person doesn't react in the same way as another person or this person likes this product versus another product or this person does this or that whatever thing guys it's a big enough world and it's a scary enough world we don't need to rip each other down to make ourselves feel better that's not the way to be a good human being yeah you know that that's you just brought up a really good example there it's like hey you know what here are these two competing two competing products so you have a product in your hand or around your butt and <laughs> And, and, you know, like you could speak about the value of what it, of that product, the one that you like. You could speak of how you enjoy it, of how soft it is, of how so many things exist. But what do people choose to do? They choose to take a dig at some other product. And, well, without going into specifics, I have listened to other event coordinators do that, where they will take a dig on your event to advertise theirs. And my thought is always, you know, I don't care what you think about this other event. Tell me about yours. Why should I come to yours? 
Should I come to yours because you don't like this other one? That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And all that creates is exactly the point you started off with here. There's no need for that drama. Because here's the thing. Maybe at this moment in time, you might get a lot of attention for that drama. But here's the real truth. It's like crying wolf for those people out there who are religious. Eventually, here's the real truth. Be it my opinion. People stop listening to you. Especially when you become known for that. You don't need to become known for that. Give your opinion. We all, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is a, a scary enough world that we live in nowadays with enough going on and everybody has enough stress and anxiety of their own. We don't need to take on other people's issues as our own. We don't need to um, create drama and problems. And I think it all just leans back into don't yuck my yum. Hey, if it's not something you like, keep on scrolling. I don't need you yeah. to, to to validate or invalidate what I like or my experience. You bet. You know, that, that's that's a very positive way to put it right there. And that's it's one of the beauties about both you and Phil, even, you know, at moments in time when neither of you really need to, you choose to go down the route of positivity. You choose to go down the route of uh, uh, of thinking of something other than the, than yourselves. You're thinking of the community. And maybe others don't see it that way, but uh, I do. It's because I happen to know the two of you. And I happen to recognize that you really don't give a shit about yourselves. You give a shit about everybody else. And that's a fine example of it right there. You don't need to yuck my yum. you know. And, and I'm not going to yum your yuck. You know, That's a good thing. You don't like it? That's great. There are 85 other options, of which you haven't taken a look at 83 others. So go find the thing that you enjoy and, and let it be as it is. That's a wonderful thing. Get, getting along the lines of you and Phil. And I'm sure if Phil were here right now. I'm sure he would chime in. Yeah, absolutely. He would chime in. But since he isn't, uh, uh, quickly, uh, here we go. Because We're beginning to plow towards the big ending. Here, here we go. Uh, what's the greatest challenge about your ABDL relationship? Aside from getting Phil to eat something other than pizza and chicken fingers. <laughs> so you got an ABDL relationship. But you also have a convention you put together. You also have munches you put together. He has his job. You have yours. You have families. Uh, younger members of the family. Some are significantly older members of the family. Extended members of the family. You got a lot on your plate. And people don't understand that. And that's fine. They're not supposed to. But all that being said, throw all that into a salad bowl. How do you find the salad dressing that works best? Uh, our, our biggest challenge is time time it's just which is why you time. want more time as which is why to... i want more time see that exactly this girl's brilliant it all ties together your baby folks. boy you missed out because phil got her okay i'm sorry go ahead it's it's just time just having time to spend together yeah. alone indulging in the things that we love to indulge in it's uh it's that's the biggest issue okay that makes sense and one day to the next time is as it is. It allots you a lot sometimes, and it allots you next to absolutely nothing at other points in time. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's a fantastic answer. All righty. And then uh, what is the next one I have listed here? Uh, okay. Well, to the flip of that, what's the greatest reward of, of uh, the relationship that you have with Phil? Of course, if Phil was here right now, I'm sure he'd chime in. But since he's not. He's going to hate me for saying this. Oh, I love it already. What have we got? Absolutely going to hate me. He has this little wiggle that he does when he's happy. 
This is, it's the little Philly Wiggle. Are you serious? It's the little Philly Wiggle. It's like this little dance or this little like happy little butt shake that he does. And I think that's my favorite. This is the greatest thing in the history of ever. The next time I see him, I'm so totally going to pick on him. Okay, keep plowing. Here we go. To the big, go. To the big conclusion. Alrighty, I threw this one in there. And um, this is probably one that uh, there's no real specific to it. But at the same point in time, it is so common. Huh, you can probably sweat the answers out. Uh, you'll understand here in a moment. The question is this. Someone has a difference of opinion with you. And that difference of opinion is not going away. And they are pressing the issue whenever they can. What do you do? Um... I would try to meet that person with peace and love and let them know that it's okay to have differings of opinions, but that we've beat the horse dead and it's not a conversation we need to continue to have. But it doesn't change my feelings for that person or the value of the friendship that I have with that person or relationship that I have with that person, but it's just not something we're going to discuss anymore and if the, that person chooses to continue to try to beat a dead horse about something we've already agreed to disagree then you know i i don't have a problem just walking away from a conversation yeah there was a wise individual who said it's not written that we all have to be friends it doesn't necessarily mean that okay if we're not all friends then then automatically we're all enemies it, it's not written that you know, we all should be so close as to allow one of us to do cannonballs into the bed when the two of us are trying to sleep, okay? <laughs> like, that doesn't always exist. Well, here's the thing. You and I and everybody else has all been blessed with the ability of, or the gift of free will. Sure. And because of that gift of free will, we don't always have to come to an agreement. There right. is a, a, a beauty in the art of agreeing to disagree and being able to move past of that. I'm friends and, and have relationships with people from all political and religious stances from all different walks of lives. And I, I've tried to establish with people that have differing opinions of me or, you know, than I do, that's okay. Your opinion on this topic is not going to change how I feel about you as a person as a whole. Sure. We, we need to agree to disagree about this topic, and maybe this is a topic that you and I just shouldn't continue to discuss in order to to continue to have a relationship, if it's you something bet. that you feel so strongly about. But I'm not going to change my opinions just because uh, somebody else needs them to change to be able to feel better about themselves. And I agree, you mm. don't have to be a friends with everybody. Being involved in the community, being involved in events and munches and things like that, you tend to get a lot of people wanting to be in your circle, wanting to be around you, wanting to, to be friends with you and to know things about you. And I'm very choosy about who I allow into my inner circle. You know, sure. I, I feel like I keep a very small group of people as my as my closest confidants and I keep it that way because the waters can get so muddy so quickly. And, and um, you bet. I find that those conversations that could create so much strife 
due to differings of opinions, I don't tend to engage in those very often with people because so many people can't take the concept of agree to disagree to heart. Yeah. It's almost like a lost art form. I have two questions left. Okay. And then uh, we, we get to the contact information. And I saved the best for the last. At things like conventions and munches and gatherings, there's one thing, Curry, that you always seem to do by the end. Mm. And do you know what that is? Mm, I think so. That is to cry. <laughs> Tell me, why is it that you cry? Aside from giving the answer of, Zorro, sometimes you pick on me. That's not a legitimate <laughs> answer. When we get to the end to the end of some of these things, um, why is it that you cry? What what is the cause of the crying? What's the cause of the tears? Well, I mean, part of the leading factor to that often is just exhaustion. Sure. Um, running on you know. 11 for for days at a time can just be exhausting um it all started very early in tc when i was just completely bowled over by watching the experiences that everyone else was having and and to know that i played a small role in making that happen just was very emotional in nature um yep and then it's it's steamrolled into stories that people have told me in confidence about their experiences and things that had led them to coming to TC or things that they have decided to do because of TC. I, I've had more than one occasion, unfortunately, where people have told me that they were at the end of their rope and that they were going to make a decision to, to no longer be on this planet. Oh. And that coming to TC changed that for them they found a network they found a community they found people that cared for them and loved them even after just a short amount of time i've had people that have told me that you know their their own families have disowned them and stopped communicating with them because of this part of their lives and then they've come to tc and found that place or i've had conversations with people and and they've made good decisions for them and for their lives so there's there's an impact to what we're doing and I think when we get to the end of the weekend and we see all of these people that are trying to hold on to these last shreds of joy and, and, and experience and knowing that they have to turn around and they have to go back to whatever it was that they escaped from, that's when it starts getting to me. Yeah. And that's what brings the tears. Yep. Jerk. <laughs> that's half the answer well if you think i'm a jerk then it leads to the last one which is actually no question at all it's just two words two words are without you without you curry there is no passion without you curry there is no understanding there is no human emotion there is no ability for people like myself and phil and Razzie and so many others to understand that okay this individual is just having a rough moment. And today might not necessarily be something good. And it doesn't have to do with the fact that they are at TC. And you're the one that says, hey, you know what? This was, just wasn't exactly the right day for them. At the same time, that also is you saying, hey, let's also recognize the things that we can take care of. 
the things that we can do, the people that we can help and the people that we can love and the people that we can put our arms around while at the same time recognizing that we've got 500 people here and we're going to put the, our arms around all 500 people. We're not just going to put it around one person. And there's only so much that we can do and we can be hopeful and we can communicate with that person individually. And you are the person who brings us back to reality. When we have all these fantastic things, when Razzie is, is ready to revolutionize the world and when I'm ready to chew on the wallpaper and when Phil is ready to build 8,000 skyscrapers that only Phil can build and you bring in, you know, Arcadian X and whomever else locally and we'll make all this stuff happen and then it'll be you. You'll be the person to be like, okay, this is some really amazing garnishment. Do you guys remember the reason why? Because if you don't remember the reason why, there's no point in doing all this. There's no point in putting forth all this effort. There's no point in even pretending that you care if you don't actually care. You're the person who is constantly sent a bazillion and one messages that Razzie and Phil and I don't have to deal with. And it is you. It is you that continues to find a balance. It is you that continues to find a patience. It is you that continues to find a reason why. It is you who has that ability. You who makes physical sacrifices. You who sacrifices yourself. You went 73 hours, the one Teddy Con, without sleeping at all. You take a moment and you think, who in the name of God would do all this stuff? Let me give you the answer. The answer is Mommy Curry. And she'll keep doing it because she wants to. Because she and Philly have decided, hey, there is something more important in this world than the two of them. To see to it that you have at least one weekend, these two people do everything they must do right now to see to it that you've got your Teddy Con weekend. And you know who a big part of that is? Though she'll never admit to it. Because she's far more humble, maybe even more humble than Razzie. That person is Mommy Curry. And to her, I say, without you, without you, Curry, there ain't none of this. But we as a community love you. There are moments in time when I wish I was little. Because if I was and if Phil didn't exist, oh boy, I'd be up on your side <laughs> quickly. <laughs> um, thank you. Because without you, all of this wouldn't be happening right now. Without you. So that being said, I would like to thank you for being a part of episode eight. But uh, of course, your name is Mommy Curry. And there's uh, just what, simply a space in between those two? Uh, No. No, no, it's it's right right on through. Oh, it's straight on. Okay, straight on. Through so we got to the M other side. M O M M Y K U R I, and that's it. how you would find her on FetLife. Now, of course, she is a part of TeddyCon. There's a profile there. There's also TeddyCon.org. Mm -hmm. um, of course, Mommy Curry is coupled up with Little Philly. Uh, they're gonna continue to do what they do, and they're gonna continue to do what they do for you, and Mommy Curry. Is there anything you'd like to add at the end 
Because there's a little something I read at the end of my episodes. Oh, golly. Uh, no, just thank you for having me. Um, this was a lot of fun. I, I didn't think that I would, you know, get some of the questions that you got. So it was it was a lot of fun to dig deep and come up, try to come up with sure. some answers without sounding silly. So thank you for having me. You bet. Now that I've had both of you, I had Phil separately and I had you separately. The next time around, I'd like to have both of two of you together. Because I know when the two of you are you know, both there and you're both active. Well, sure. You know, one answer is going to influence the other. That's the way a good relationship works. Uh, if the two of you would be willing to do another episode, maybe down the road and it's no time soon. We got enough crap going on right now. I'm sure we would be thrilled. Excellent. And I'll, next time I do it with you, it'll be the two of you together. There you go. That works well. Well, folks, thank you very much for having spent a little bit of time listening here to episode eight and listening to Mommy Curry. Mommy Curry, thank you for being a guest. And every time I, I uh, bring one of these Zorro Daddy 101 episodes to an end, I always like to end it with a little something sweet. And that little something sweet sounds a little something like this. There are always dreams to be dreamt fairy tales to be told, happily ever afters to be pursued, memories to be made, that constant yearning to find completion, the greatest passion yet to be found, that deepest love yet to be discovered, that perfect story to be written, and the opportunity awaiting to feel it all again and again. Blessings to you all. Until next time, take care.